0: hello everyone welcome to the fire of goddess i am Nirishka and i am the podcaster i guess that's how you say it i don't know i'm not into these hip stuff so yes so welcome and i just want to say happy new year to all of you if you guys are listening right in the new year when i release this happy new year i wanted to start off my year with a bang and so I decided to start a podcast and I am very excited to spread knowledge, wisdom and just share. Um, so yes, I am very excited for this and I hope you guys take a lot of the information that I give you guys and use it or use a little bit, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I just made this podcast just to kind of share my story um, and also share my experiences and share what I've been learning for the past 10 years that I've been in therapy and that I've been just on my spiritual journey right now so I am very excited to share all this um and my intention is to kind of give the little Narushka in me a place where I can share her story and share what I've been through publicly, and hopefully make her feel seen and heard more than what I already do. So this is going to be beautiful. I am very excited. This is my first podcast ever. I've never done one. I've never been in one. I don't know what I am doing. I don't even know if this thing is going to record properly. No idea. But you know what? We'll wing it. Don't worry about it. And so, yes, so I am very excited uh, to kind of talk about our first episode. So our first episode, we'll be going into daddy issues. Um, since this is um, this is what I will do, like, throughout the episodes, it will be kind of my journey um, into where I'm at today. So my first journey was my dad and my stepdad. Um, so that's how kind of everything started um, was me going to therapy for, uh, the problems I was having with my stepdad, um, so I'm gonna start like that, and then the next episode will be about the next chapter, the next person I talked about in therapy, and we'll just go from there and see what we can come up with together, um, so yeah, so let's start this off already in a very beautiful, amazing note, is talking about our dad issues, and so a little bit about me. As I was saying, um, I grew up in an alcoholic uh, household and that was my stepdad. My stepdad drank a lot. Uh, he would drink basically morning to night. Um, once the night came, it was very unpredictable uh, what, what would happen. Um, there was a lot of uh, emotional and mental abuse, thankfully to my knowledge that I can recall. It wasn't physical, but it was a lot of emotional and mental abuse uh, that I went through as a kid. And, and then having also a father that was very absent in my life. Um, I would only see him in the summertime when when school was out and that was for the two months and then that was pretty much it. Unless he came to where I lived um, to visit, that would be the only time I would see him. And even talking to him on the phone, um, even to this day, I maybe talk to him maybe once. Well, when I was growing up, it was like once a week and it would only be for like five minutes. And now as an adult, I might talk to him once every month or two months, depending on my mood. Um, yeah, so I really don't have a father figure, I never did. Um, I just got a little glimpse of things that I liked about each of them. Uh, when we we had the good times Um, so and I cherish those um, more because it it has taught me a lesson it's taught me some stuff some important things that I want to talk about in the some points that I have Um, so yes so I am very excited to get started with this and please excuse my cat in the background Um, I am in a room and closed doors you know cats do not like closed doors and so he is about to like go crazy if I don't open that door but he will be okay (laughs) so yes all right so I am excited to talk about the first point how does us as a person doesn't if we don't have a father figure how does that affect us in a romantic partner so with this, I'm only going to be talking about my own experience since I can only talk for myself. Um, and I hope some of you can resonate, even if it's not like an alcoholic uh, figure, but you can kind of relate to this fact as to how does us having an unhealed, ooh, excuse me, basically an unhealed father figure, ooh, excuse me, how does that affect us in our romantic relationships, in our day-to-day life, and. our how we are right now. So yeah, so let's get started. So the first one that I want to talk about is how does an unhealed father figure affect us in our romantic relationships? So this will depend mostly on how you grew up and what you've been through. So for my own experience was that I seeked a lot of validation, my worth, and just in general, I I depended a lot on my stepdad, um, to give me that validation, to make me feel worthy, to make me feel like a princess, to make me feel safe, to make me feel seen, to make me feel heard, um, because I trusted him a lot. I trusted him a lot more, like to the point where I called him dad. Um, and my actual dad would get really mad that I would call him dad. Um, and I remember specifically where one time I pretty sure my parents were arguing and I and he said that he would leave and I told my mom I was like well if he leaves I'm leaving with him and that's how deep our relationship was that me not realizing of like the alcohol and stuff like that me realizing that I preferred him over my mom when I was a child I believe I think I was 10 or less is when I was very attached to him, especially when I was like five and seven, I was extremely, extremely attached to my stepdad. um, Extremely attached. And because it was as much as he was emotionally unavailable, he would give me what I wanted emotionally compared to my mother. My mother is, very detached, uh, from her emotions and like physical touch. And so that was my love language growing up was physical touch. And so, um, so my stepdad would always hug me, kiss me, and, um, just always want to like play with my hair and do like the dad stuff that a lot of us like see in movies. He would do that. And then at night, well, that was during the day. He would do these things. At nighttime, it would just be a whole 180 where it was just throwing things and screaming. And so those were the very confusing times for me. And so when he was in this mood of being very drunk at nighttime, I would be like, what's going on? So I would do everything in my power to kind of like, like, asking, like, what's going on, like, what, w- w- why are you like this, Um, and so with that kind of created this part of me where I seeked validation, where my worth was dependent on my stepdad, or on a male figure, uh, whoever I was dating at the time, Um, my worth and my value would depend on them, if they were okay, then I was okay, if they feel good, I was good, if they didn't i would be i wouldn't be and so we have to look into our relationships with our fathers and how do we bring that into romantic uh relationships um where is it that you kind of look for your dad i know this is going to be very weird to say but we have to be honest with ourselves do we look for our father figure and our partners and we have to sit with that and ask ourselves do we do i look into my partner for that male figure and if you do that is completely okay i did it too and there's a lot of people that if they want to admit it or not they do the same thing and especially when we're unhe when we are unhealed ourselves, we look for that. we look for our parents in in other people. and if we don't have uh, daddy issues, father issues, and then we look for it in, in our like in mommy issues too. So unhealed person will look for basically when we're unhealed, our little child runs our world. they it, like our little child, our little. Meaning me, our five-year-old self, runs our life. And that is not okay because we are older now. We are 25, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, however old you are. We're that now. And we can't let our five-year-old self rule and dictate our lives. And so just have to look at yourself and be like, Where in my relationships have I been looking for my dad? Where in my relationships have I been looking for my mother? Because once you start diving into, you're going to start seeing a pattern and who you attract. And for me personally, once I started asking myself these questions as to, oh, am I looking for my stepdad in relationships? And I realized, I was like, yes, I am. I'm looking for that constant validation from them. And I'm and I am going for people that are emotionally unavailable or have some type of trauma that is with substance abuse, regardless if, like, um, regardless if it's a little bit or a lot of substance abuse, there's always something, like, that is not okay. Like, they're using to cope. And so I've noticed, like, a lot of my relationships have been um, either they do drugs um, to cope, whether weed, um, they do coke, um, and that's how they cope, um, and then there was one also that I dated that he did all three, which was weed, coke, and drinking, and, um, and so you look at that, you're like, okay, well, what in me is still seeking that, and that's when we have to tap into our inner child, inner child healing is a lot and it's extremely hard but you have to do it you're giving a voice to the little you and so it's a beautiful thing like i know it's hard i've cried deeply and i've stopped i have had panic attacks when i do these when i do inner child work before because i'm really digging deep You have to dig deep because once you start realizing like, hey, I'm the one that's attracting these people because I have a wound. I have something in me that isn't healed or is I'm just repressing it. And so once we become self-aware about our patterns and who are we attracting, then that's when the door opens. That is literally a door opening uh, for us to start attracting better people um and being aware so one thing that for me as someone i'm single and i've been single for five years and i am also absent um and in the past five years what i've learned is that a lot of my pattern my dating history has been the same men when you look at my men and when you look at my women too because i'm bisexual so with me, I'm like it's the same thing. They're emotionally unavailable. Um, they have some type of substance abuse. They uh, don't fully commit. They have uh yeah they have commitment issues. They what else? Um, they're very stuck in that victim mentality, and. Right now, me being surrounded by people that have victim mentality is a very triggering thing for me. Due to the fact that both of my parents are like that, it's always boohoo me. And it's like, I understand that we all go through things. However, you have to realize that you're not a victim, you're a survivor. And in my mindset is, I'm a survivor. I survived everything I've been through good bad ugly horrible things I've always been a survivor and so yeah so that's like more than like it's a victim or like they're always struggling somehow and I'm always the one like saving them from their problems or want to save them from their problems and that is not healthy at all and so and then I also learned that because of me not seeing my worth. um And not having that validation from myself that like, oh, you are beautiful, you are gorgeous, and this is how you should be treated. This is how a man should treat you or some whatever. (laughs) Um, Like that, like telling me how I should be treated, how I should feel safe and stuff like that. It created this where I would bounce from partner to partner and seek that validation. And my thing was where... I was always the big girl growing up. I was always a plus size. I still am plus size. Um, and that created a sense of like, oh, no one really wants me um, romantically because I'm a big girl. Um, and so I would give my body out to anybody. On, like literally anybody. Like anybody that made me feel good at that time being, I would give you my body. And that's, it's, it's a very weird thing to like say publicly, but hey, it's, you have to be comfortable with uncomfortable. So, okay. Anyways, yeah, that was, that was, in, I, okay. Yes. I put that out there publicly. Yes. And there's no shame in that. Um, But yeah. So, yeah, so I would give my body out and just for the fact of like me not having like a dad and wanting them to validate me, wanting them to make me feel safe, make them make, give them basically the power to them. Give them every power that I like, I could give to the person that I was sleeping with or was with. Um, And so, it was just an interesting time uh, in my early 20s. Yeah, I just feel like this podcast is all over the place. But at this point, it's okay. I am 17 minutes in. There is no going back. (laughs) So, yes, this is why it's a trial. Let's do this. Okay, anyways. So, yeah, so you looking into... Um how does your apps, like how does the ab abs, absence abs, absence absence, yes, of your father affect your romantic relationships., um, and a lot of times I feel my opinion wise is we don't feel worthy, we don't feel valued. Um we do not feel seen or heard. Um, and we don't feel safe. Um and so let's see what else. Oh, we don't feel validated. I wrote some notes, so let me look at my notes too. So yeah, so also with the safety thing, um as I like you like I said, I grew up in an alcoholic uh family. That safety is a very big thing for me Um, now. Now that I know um, why I wanted to be in relationship after relationship and I couldn't be alone is because I wanted to create some type of safety, make me feel safe. A man finally made me feel safe. Um, My partner made me feel safe. And we have to look into that and be like, okay, why don't I feel safe on my own? Why don't I feel safe like right now? And asking these questions, why don't I feel validated with myself? Like myself, I can't validate myself. Why can't I do that? Why can't I feel worthy on my like by myself? Why can't myself tell me that I am worthy and feel it and believe it? And so, we have to look into it. Why don't I feel safe? Why don't wait? Why don't I feel safe? Right now, without a partner, if I didn't have no partner, why can I not feel these three things? Feel validated, worthy, or safe? Why do I have to have a partner for me to feel these three things? And then also, if you do have a partner, you have to ask yourself, does my partner, without me asking, make me feel uh, safe, worthy, and validated? Because a lot of times, we have to look also in the partner we have right now. Are they feeling? It, are they making me feel safe? Are they making me feel these things? And if they're not, then you have to talk to your partner. And the number one sign is if your partner's not meant for you, if they, you tell them these things, it leads into an argument. That is literally a red flag Um and I can vouch for that because I've been through that. I been with partners where I'm like, hey, I don't feel like worthy when I'm around you or like, oh you did this and it made me feel like I didn't matter and they and it turned to a whole blown argument. Oh you overreacted, um you're the one that's crazy, the whole like manipulation, narcissistic tendency kind of thing. You have to have to look at that. But then if you are going through that right now, where your partner makes you feel like this, then you have to stand up for yourself. And you have to be sure that this is what you want. Because you can't make someone... Like, you can't make someone change you can't make that person change their point of view that's how they want to see that like, you overreacted because what they did made you feel unworthy you can't change that unless they actually go with themselves and start healing themselves that is an unhealed person and a lot of times we have to realize that when you're in the healing journey when you're in a spiritual journey like this a lot of times you are the light and the light like it attracts darkness And so they try to suck you in because why? Misery loves company. Unhealed people want to, in my own opinion, this might be controversial, but unhealed people, they want other people to be unhealed because it's comfortable for them. It's more comfortable for them to live in that that stage. It's comfortable for them. And so when you have someone that is trying to heal and trying to better themselves, it's gonna cross friction. Why? Because the person that is unhealed is comfortable where they are at. And so that doesn't make it right. I am so sorry, my cat over here is about to have like a whole mental because I am not opening that door. <laughs> um but yeah you no, know, so um please like look at your relationships if you're in a relationship right now if you were to express yourself how you felt with the person that you love so much and would do anything for would they start an argument with you because of how you feel or they would talk to you and reassure you and make you feel comfortable and make you feel safe because if that is the case where they will make you feel safe and actually talk to you then that's your sign you're with a good person. However, I just want you to realize that if it leads into an argument and they try to manipulate you or make you feel less than, you need to get out. And that is just from a friend to a friend. Um. So yes, let's see what other points. I have some other points too. Um. Let's see, not having... Ooh, this one. Ooh, this is a good one right here. I'm pretty sure a lot of us goddesses can relate to this one. So not having a male figure, a dad, whatever, can create a hyper-independence in us. And especially if both parents are absent. So hyperindependent. I love to talk about this now because I am working on that currently. Um I've gotten a lot better. So yes. Ooh, excuse me. Um, so yeah, so hyperindependence, it can create that. Why? Because it gets to a point where okay, well, my dad. Uh, couldn't give me the validation or they couldn't do what I told them to do. So I'm going to do it my damn self. That's where creates this energy where, it, um, especially if both parents are absent, I could do it my own damn self. And I don't need nobody, don't want nobody, don't trust nobody, all that. The whole nine yards. Especially like, I don't trust nobody, I'll do it myself. It's, what's that saying? If you want... A certain result you have to do it yourself I feel like that's the quote or like the saying whatever it is um but yeah so that <laughs> that one that is where hyper independence comes in because there's also balance where you have to realize that you do need people around you and you have to open up yourself and trust people regardless if the outcome is not what you want you still have to trust people um and it creates this hyper independence where okay well my parents never did it for me so i'm going to do it myself or my dad never taught me how to let's say um how to throw a ball in baseball i'm going to do it myself but then don't like get a coach don't get professional like help or anything like that you're like no i'm gonna learn myself i'm gonna go through youtube i'm gonna go on google i'm gonna do so much research just so i can get the answer but you don't ask for help you do it all on your own and you do not want to ask for help that is hyper independence and so it's not a bad thing However, you have to be cautious because there are some times that you have to have both. You have to have that independence where you do get it yourself and you do the research yourself. However, it is okay to also ask for help so you can do the research and then go, okay, well, I know this now from the online, it's from Google, it's from YouTube, from everything that I've seen. Now, let me go to a coach. Let me go to an actual baseball coach and let me see how they throw a ball because it can be different than what uh, Google is saying, what YouTube is saying, um, or just yeah like it's okay to ask for help you don't always have to be the hyper independent. and sometimes you never know sometimes things might even come out better if you ask for help if you trust people to give them off certain duties um and that goes to like let's say you're your own boss you're on your own worker and you're like, oh, I think I'm in, I'm in a spot where I can hire more people and so I can do more work or I can have more free time. And you're like, oh, no, but then the quality of the things that I've made is going to go down. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm not going to hire nobody else because the quality of everything will go down or it won't be made the way I would make it. No, that's terrible. <laughs> and I'll be the first one to you. No, you have to give them. If you give people the right tools, if you give the people the, the right training it can come out the same maybe slightly not the same or even better and that's the beautiful part (laughs) so yes i know my boss goddesses are like yeah i can do this on my own baby listen i'm all for it you can do it on your own you can do whatever the hell you want by yourself (laughs) however sometimes you have to ask for help (laughs) Um. So yes, and then also not having a male figure also the biggest thing can cause a mistrust in any male energy. So that isn't a male friend, a male romantic partner, anybody of opposite sex in general. It can create a mist- a mistrust where you could be like, you see a man like a lot of the a lot of the culture now is hating on men where they're like oh you just see a man you're like ew yeah (laughs) like you know what I mean there's some people out there that just look at a man takes a deep breath and then the girl's like ew how dare you (laughs) so it's out there trust me it's out there um but having someone having a male figure not in your life or absent it just creates a mistrust on that gender Um, because it would just be like, oh, well, my dad abandoned me. So every man's going to abandon me or all the men I can't trust because I couldn't trust my dad. Or you just get stuck in the cycle where if someone kind of trigger triggers your, what your dad or your male figure resembled, you're going to step out, you're going to leave. And so it creates a mistrust. And it's the same thing, vice versa, with a man to a woman. A lot of um men, yeah, men now also have like with the the podcast and stuff like that, where they're like bashing women, and it's because they have unhealed mommy issues, and so and they have a a, a mistrust in women because of that. And so I just want to let you know, like this can all be fixed, this can all, no, yeah, you can say fixed, um, you can improve, there we go, a better word, you can improve all these things and more if you start looking at how does your dad issues, your father figure, your father figure issues, your male, whatever you want to call it, how is this like affecting you right now? Because I promise you, if you haven't looked into it or been too scared, I'm pretty sure I will bet money on that. A lot of your issues is coming from either one parent or both parents. And that's why it's important to look at individually what issues you have with with dad and what issues you have with mom. And so you have to look at what does, in your eyes... What does a father represent? What does what a father should do for their daughter or son? What should their father what should a father do for their family? What should a father teach their kids? And if your father did nothing of that, then that is your starting point. That is extremely your starting point. There's an opportunity right there, there's a door for you to open it. And I know Talking about this, journaling about it, is extremely hard. And it's scary. It can be scary. However, it is possible. And it is okay. And I hope you guys can open up yourself and ask yourself these deep questions as to... How is my father... How is my childhood father... Because some people can't change. How did my childhood father experience affect me, is affecting me right now, or has affected me? And open that door because that door is going to open and you're going to figure out a lot more than what you think. And it is a beautiful, beautiful experience. And I know it's going to be hard and you can do it. However, the rewards are beautiful when you start opening those doors that you do not want to open. And you're also giving the little you a voice. And you are giving the teenage you a voice. You're giving your early 20s a voice. You're giving yourself a voice. Because a lot of us in this journey, we never had a voice. We were never seen. We were never heard. And it is time for us to call back our power and make ourselves feel seen, make ourselves feel heard, and be there for ourselves the way that our dad wasn't the way that our mother wasn't it is time for us to be for it is time for us to be there the way that our parents should have been and that is the only way to go about things is as long as we are there for ourselves as we feel like our parents should we're going to be okay and so I promise you, once you open the door of Pandora the Box, it is beautiful afterwards. And that is all I have for you for today's episode. And I will see you guys next week. And next week, we will be talking about our mommy issues, our mother figure. That one is going to be deep. That one is going to be emotional, I'm going to tell you that, at least for me. Let me not project. It's going to be for me because I am currently dealing with that. I am currently healing that. So that one's going to be a very good episode. And I hope you guys enjoyed this one. And I hope you guys have a beautiful and blessed New Year's. And I'm happy to see you guys doing the work. And I'm very proud of you. And remember that you are loved. You are lovable. You are worthy. You are valued, and if nobody else makes you feel it or you don't feel yourself, I see you, and I hear you. Thank you.